podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, yo. When I spit bars in a rave, I'm gonna go hard last time, time. Hello and welcome to another episode of Touchline Fracker. I'm joined by two not very merry men, to be honest with you. Um, I'll start with you, Jack. How you doing, mate? So I'm not awful because, you know, it's, it's, my team slightly exceeded the expectations. I thought it was going to be much worse, but you know what? It's always bad when you lose a final, so yeah. Cool. So if, if you guys didn't know, uh, Jack is a Spurs fan, fresh off the uh, 1-0 loss to City in the League Cup final. And on the other end, we've got Julian. How are you doing, Jules? I'm livid. Absolutely livid. I can't lie. Um, yeah. Angry at what I saw yesterday. Um, we'll get into it later, but fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, myself, I'm Mariah, Manchester United fan. You guys should know me by now. Uh, before we st- start, if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube, you get the link to the Patreon, you get the pod graphics the pod visuals if you're not on the discord you've got to get on the discord the discord's been pretty interesting this week with some of the poor results for some of the bigger sides that's kept us on our toes especially that liverpool result that was that was delightful um, I'm so happy i missed that so happy i missed that for the relative club pod of the club that you support but with that being said, we'll start with you today, Jack, uh, just because your game is the freshest in memory. So the 1-0 loss uh, to Manchester City in a League Cup final, Ryan Mason's first Cup final as a manager. Um, give us your thoughts on the performance, the lineup. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we got battered. As expected, we got battered in that first half. Um, it, could, it should have been 3-4-0, to be honest. Um, we somehow managed to shithouse it a 0-0 in the first half against City again. Uh, we're, we're quite notorious for doing it now. We've done it before, but the end result was either a draw or a win in our favour. But this time, obviously, second half, in the first five, ten minutes of that second half, we I thought we were much better. I thought we showed intent. We showed them um, we wanted to keep the ball a bit more, um, created a few sort of, not not chances, but they had a shot from Lacelso, which um, will say very well. Um, but other than that, it was a bit more than what I expected, to be honest. I, initially, I predicted 3-1 to City. And then after I saw the starting lineup, I thought, you know what, we're going to get slapped 4-0. And, you know, to my surprise, it was only, you know, that's especially in that second half performance, I thought, you know what, we did better than I thought we would. So I can't complain to you. I can't get angry. I can't get angry because I thought it was going to be much worse. But either way, it's a loss, man. It's a loss that what I expected Jose will know Jose. Um, I think it. Pro- I, I would argue it would be worse with Jose as manager, to be honest, that result, because I thought we would have been even more pathetic. The players wouldn't have played for him. If they can't play for themselves, they're definitely not playing for him. 
and they would have probably um, showed a lot less effort in that game, to be honest. So, yeah. Yeah, profound words there. Um, I can't really disagree. Um, I, I just like you was expecting you guys to take a hammer in, and you didn't. So rather than talking about the game, I want to talk about I guess the last week or so as a, as a Spurs fan. Um, so first of all, I'm just trying to understand the the appointment of of Ryan Mason. Um, I know you've got uh, experienced coaches in the backroom staff. You've got Chris Powell managed 300 odd games. You've got club i don't know is 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 ledley a club legend a club great i don't know yeah, he's a legend yeah he's okay for, i don't know what what it takes to qualify as a spurs legend so a ledley king spurs legend um but you gave it to 29 year old ryan mason listen i'm not going to point fingers but listen it's a, it's an odd choice to me so help help me understand a, a bit about why they chose ryan mason over over those two so he was ryan mason was head of recruitment um not head of recruitment, so head of the youth development um, prior to Jose Sacking. Um, he was obviously working with a lot of the a lot of the players. He was coaching a lot um, with Chris Powell. So it was him and Chris Powell essentially do, sort of both taking on a similar role. Um, listen, why he was chosen, that's, up, that's for everyone to sort of speculate. And I want you, you know, to speculate, bro. I mean... T- there's there's many different possible reasons. I think one of them it could it could possibly be a very subconscious uh, subconsciously motivated without making too many accusations. Um, that's very possible. Um, also, again, because of you know his experience with the youth development and because I guess vibes vibes. I think um, he he was a player. He was he played with a lot of these players as well. And um, it could definitely be sort of a way to rejuvenate the morale of the team. I think that could be a factor as well. Um, it could be all of them, by the way. It could be it could be a multitude of factors itself in itself. Um, but I think um, Chris Powell definitely was more qualified um, to be at least be a caretaker uh, manager. Um, but having said that, Chris Powell's record isn't great as a manager itself. I believe he has a thirty-five percent win. Ratio Dave from um, the Spurs Touchline um, podcast. He um, he was he, I think he gave the numbers on that, but his general performance as a manager itself wasn't great. But he has more experience in coaching, so you'd think he'd be more qualified. So yeah, I think it could be one or two or both of those factors. To be honest, interesting, interesting. And um, I'll come over to you, Julian. Um, you caught the game. Um, wasn't the best watch for the neutral. Um, what were your takeaways apart from Son crying at the end, which was was absolutely baffling to me? Um, yeah, what, what are your takeaways? And once you've given your thoughts on the game, what what are your thoughts on the hiring of Ryan, twenty nine year old Ryan Mason, as manager of one of the six biggest c- clubs in the country? Um, proper baffling um, that Ryan Mason was appointed as manager of Spurs. Like Spurs are not the biggest club. Um, they, you know, they don't have much of a history or reputation for me to be like, oh yeah, you know, Spurs should be getting some, someone like this should be managing Spurs, and someone like that should be managing Spurs. But for to to give it to a twenty-one-year-old where a couple of players are even older than him, I don't know how, I don't know what was the thinking behind that. Um, I, I'm not really sure who's using Spurs like um, backroom staff that could have taken the job. I'm not sure why um, if that um, Spurs didn't actually prepare for someone to come to come in and take over. Um, it's a bit like it seems like a very abrupt sacking of Mourinho 
Um, if, if I'm honest, if, especially if Ryan Mason is taking over, and yeah, it's it's, it's weird. Like there must be some sort of bust up. Maybe you can um, tell us, Jack, that. Um, you may not think, have some... Do you know what I think? I think the Super League news was the perfect timing for Levy to do it. it sweeps it sort of almost under the rug. It's not the biggest news of the week, mm. and I think um, the attention will be less on Levy with that in, that issue in particular. Obviously, the ESL brings more attention to him, ironically, <clears> but. Um, I think that was the thinking. I think definitely the timing of it was very calculated in terms in in Levy's mind for me anyway. Yeah, so, I've got among Spurs fans, wouldn't wouldn't you know? That, fair enough. The ESL was you know the 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 main talking point of the week. But among Spurs fans, wouldn't they have like not rioted, but you know been a bit like what the hell? Like wouldn't it, wouldn't you know Levy be thinking about Spurs fans and what what they would think of the especially just before a cup final as well. Um, to sack Mourinho, like not saying that Mourinho was the best, wasn't the best graces, but to sack him before a cup final was absolutely crazy. Well, a lot of fans wanted him gone. That's the thing. Most mm. most Tottenham fans wanted him gone, so I don't think fans saw that as an issue. I wanted him gone. Um, I wanted him gone before the League Cup final too, to slightly increase our chances of winning. And I still I still believe in that. I still believe we slightly increased our chances of getting something from this today's game by sacking him because I think it would have been a worse result and a worse performance under him because of the way the players respond to his methods so the timing for me the timing was always going to be bad because I thought he should have been sacked back in February but in terms of the notoriety and the sort of attitude towards the sacking from what I I believe in looking at looking through Levy's lens the ESL def- news definitely was a big factor yeah. Uh, but yeah, on the game though, um, yeah, it was not the best game to be honest. Um, I just take it. I saw that you know um, Kane again was forced to play another cup final um, on one leg basically, and he didn't he didn't look at the races. If if Kane is not, we've seen the season as well. If Kane is not performing, then there's a very slim chance for Spurs getting a result. Son was pretty poor um, as well, um, even though he was crying at the end like he done something. He was he was pretty bad. Um, I saw Regulon getting ripped on the regular. Uh, he was on toast, um, yeah, for the for the whole for the whole game. Um, yeah, Mario's played. I thought that Mario's played on City side though. City didn't really uh, surprisingly didn't play to the best of their ability. To be honest, they were all right. You know, I saw Foden have a couple of moments early on in the game. Uh, Mario's as well. Sterling was, you know, Speedy Gonzalez just just running around the pitch. But yeah, it was a pretty stale cup final. To be honest, uh, maybe City's got their attentions towards next week with the Champions League, but. Yeah, there's not not a lot to report on apart from the, the that that's that you know Steve one. Yeah, I think I think that was by design as well. To be honest, I think they were definitely thinking about midweek in terms of that second half performance. They like, you know what? We don't have to ramp up the intensity. We know we're going to win this. Yeah. You're mute. Very comfy, very comfy. Um, I guess I have to finish by asking what's next for you guys. Obviously, um, the Super League money doesn't look like that's coming in. Um, you've gotten rid of your manager. Who would you like to see come in and, and what sort of moves would you like to see in the summer? Uh, in the group chat, we're all asking, <laughs> what, where do we go from here? None of us know. It's, it's such a dire situation. We've got, we've got an infinite amount of dead wood in the club right now. Uh, I, can name you, I can name you a list of 14, 15 players that need to go. Fifteen uh, players. Wow. Uh, Dyer, Sanchez, Alderweireld, Aurier, 
um, Ben Davies, Bergwijn, Winks. Um, that's Deli just off the top of my head. Deli Ali, oh, he has to go. Um, Sissoko, 100%. Um, Doherty. Doherty. That's about 10 right that's there. That's 10 already off the top of my head. If, if I saw the squad, if I had access to the squad right now, I, I can name more. But yeah, it's, that, it's, it's a bad situation, man. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Um yeah, that's that's not gonna be one summer's work. Um in terms of managers to come in, I know you we spoke at this before the pod started and you mentioned sorry uh, being linked. Is that a, a, a link that you're happy with? Is there anybody else you'd be preferring over sorry? I think Sari's a very good coach. Um the problem is I don't think number one, these players will respond well to his methods, and number two I don't think the profile of players fit his style of play either. And I think it's just a recipe for disaster. So, as much good of a coach he is, we need a coach that can develop or work with younger players and integrate them into a system that suits them best. The problem is, how many managers are there and who are, who are they? Because the only one I can think of that could do that is Nogglesman and he's going by him. So... Rogers ain't gonna come. Why would he come? Why would he go to? Why would he make a sideways slash backwards move? You know, if he's gonna use a club as a stepping stone, Leicester are that stepping stone club. Why would he step sideways or backwards? Why would he go that direction to go back up again? That that wouldn't make any sense either. And he's got something good going on, potentially mm. Champions League football next season as well, and investors that can recruit well you know at Spurs he's not going to get the money and nor is he going to get the right recruitment we're going to invest in players like Nkudu and NG and Lo Celso and just Vinicius and waste money so that's not going to that's not going to be suited to him either so I can't I can tell you I don't think any Spurs fan could tell you where we'd go to be honest Jeez, cheers I guess son's crying Jack's crying um, cool and I guess we uh, come on to our game we had a nil-nil draw with Leeds, um, which is quite ironic for the game. Oli said, one thing I can guarantee you is this game isn't going to be a nil-nil draw. Uh, and instead, what we served up as one of our worst to watch games of the season. Really dull, really boring. We didn't create many chances. Um, Pogba didn't um, start, obviously, Ramadan. So physically, he's probably not up to a full 90 minutes. Definitely this early in, in Ramadan, where body's probably still adjusting. Bruno was awful. Uh, people starting to turn on Bruno. And that's oh, interesting. I That's interesting to me, Julian. No, that's interesting to me. Because early in the season, when he was getting his penalties and whatever, my, my, my energy was always, listen, you can't tell me a guy has played well if he's 
made mistakes and been sloppy for 90 minutes and then he's grabbed a goal or he's grabbed an assist. And they told me, yes, I can. Yes, I can tell you that. I said, this is not football. This is not... The way he plays football is not how football should be played. And obviously, naturally, um, as as happens with goal scorers throughout a season, there'll be a period of the season when goals dry up. And then people will look at what else do you bring to the table? What else does he bring to the table? Sloppy touches, bad decision-making, sloppy technical execution. Um, so people are rightly on his case now because they're looking at Bruno Fernandes as a holistic footballer and he's lacking in a lot of areas. Listen, he's had, a, he's had a, a good season personally from his perspective and the things that he's done has led to us accumulating points. But I know where I stand with him. If there's an opportunity to cash in and get some good money for him in the summer, I'd do it. And, and I look to to build a better midfield because behind him, Fred and McTominay, that duo, those two jokers, yeah, should not be starting for this club at all in any way, shape or form. Um, I, I don't think we'll have a lot of business. I think... A lot of teams are going to be, or fans, should I say, are going to be surprised um, by the lack of business this summer because everyone's talking about all the reinforcements that they need, etc. But these clubs have gone a, a year with no, a year plus now with no revenue from from the stadium. So I think anyone expecting massive outlays from their club, yeah, be 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 uh, ready to be very surprised. So I could see us getting one or two players. Um, so so if we could potentially recoup for Bruno, that would be great. Hearing through the grapevine, he said he's not re-signing unless Pogba re-signs. Come on, behave, big man. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, um, our season's a bit meh now. Top four secured um, for all intents and purposes. We've still got the Europa League to play for, which uh, we've got Roma in the semi-finals. It's just, yeah, stuttering along. We should win that competition. But will we? Probably not, based on how we've performed in uh, cup semi-finals um, under Oli's tenure. Um, yeah. Just we're not in the situation Spurs are in where it's all doom and gloom. It's like we're too far away from City to make a proper uh, challenge. We're too far away from the teams below us to really be in a proper top four race. So it's just literally just chugging along for the next four or five weeks. Um, Champions League space secured, which I guess is at the start of the season always his first objective. And then we, we see where we go from there. Um, yeah, I don't think either of you watched that game, did you? No. Yeah, so you so, so you dodged the bullet, basically. <laughs> you dodged the you, bullet, basically. If, um, if you were to sell Pogba, right, and got a good amount of money, where would you invest that? Uh, personally, I would I would need... How much are we talking, firstly? Around 100. Okay, around 100. Okay, cool. Uh, I bring in a couple of midfielders. I bring in uh, Douglas Luiz, like the look of. Uh, I think he's a really good defensive midfielder. Tenacious, technically secure can control the midfield and protect the back line. Uh, I'd want a Progba replacement, so I'd probably go to Ajax, sign uh, Graven Birch. He, he looks like a talent, similar physical profile to Progba, being very technically gifted and can play in a multitude of midfield positions. So then I've got my... Van de Beek? Nah, man. I don't think Oli's giving a run. Nah, 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 no. He's a good player. He's a good little player, no doubt, no doubt. But he, the way he plays, is never going to work under Oli. He's, he's done better recently, but Oli's played very um, much built off individuals going out and just using their individual ability. While Van der Beek, you can tell he's a team player. He's used to passing, moving, receiving the ball in half spaces. Nice little touches, intelligent movement. Completely lost on our lot. 
So when you look at his comps, he's just a guy running around in like half spaces and nobody finding him. Like so, um, Oli's gonna ride. A, if we're talking about keeping getting rid of Pogba and Bruno being the focal point, then yeah, two two competent central midfielders uh, behind him. One who's gonna be the more defensive minded and protect the back two, and then the second one is gonna be the one who's able to advance and progress play. So in Louise and Gravenberch, I like that combination. And then I also think we need uh, something a bit more potent. On the right hand side, um, Rafinha, uh, Sancho's good, but for Sancho, me, Sancho for me would who I'd be who I want to replace uh, Bruno. I, I'd want to play Sancho centrally. Uh, I'm really a fan of ensuring we've got uh, pace on the on, on on the wide areas, and we've got players who've got one on one ability, chance creation ability. Um, but yeah, we'd, Rafinha's done really well at Leeds. I think he's got a bit of everything. He can beat players, he can create chances, he can score goals. Um, and then, yeah, Greenwood to start playing up front a bit more, uh, start to fill his, fill his boots a bit more than he has done this season. Um, guess Marshall off the bench for, for all for all this worth. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'd go with it. I think I'd leave the back two for now because they've done all right this season and we've been a bit more defensively solid this second half of the season. Um, and I just try and go for more midfield control and within that midfield control, be able to create more positive situations going forward and just give the back to a bit more protection. Fred is so bad that any sort of upgrade on Fred um, will be a big improvement for the team. Fred does not protect the back line. He does not create chances. Physically, he's poor. Position-wise, he's poor. He's just a poor, poor footballer. So switching out a Fred, just for even if all we did was switch Fred for Douglas Louise, and that's all we did, and we didn't bring in any other players, the team would be so much better for it. Just that switch alone. So then if you can improve McTominay with a Grav and Birch, who's got it all, um, and is a great age, and I think, yeah, fits that profile of a player, you'd want to replace a Paul Pogba. Now, now you're talking and you've got a bit more talent in that midfield because you need, with Bruno's high turnover self, who's going to consistently miss the ball, lose the ball, who's going to be sloppy in possession, who's going to press with no pressing triggers. He's going to just decide, you know what, I'm pressing this guy. He's going to get it passed around him and he's going to vacate the middle. You definitely need that the two guys that are playing with him to be players who are secure in possession and who are be who are able to get the ball further forward when, when the ball breaks down when it comes to him. So that's probably not going to happen. That's that's a pipe dream. Um, I think Pogba probably stays now. Um, I think the, the same issue where we won't be able to sign, teams won't be able to afford Pogba. I think he's enjoying his football. It's probably um, one of the best seasons he's had for us, uh, if not the best in terms of his consistency since December. He'd picked up an injury or two in that time. But yeah, in terms of his performances for us, his match-winning occasions for us as well, um, yeah, cannot complain at all. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Rashford's been playing injured for like the last six weeks. And I'm just begging Oli, just give the guy a rest. But Oli doesn't care about Rashford's future. Oli cares about getting results right now. So he's going to ride that Rashford train until the wheels fall off. Uh, you know all about that, Jack. So um, yeah, <laughs> so so we'll, we'll see how it goes with that. So yeah, not, not much to report on, on our end. But that being said, let's, let's go across to the red side of Liverpool. Julian, uh, the early kickoff on Saturday. You not love an early kickoff, don't you? Do any of your results ever go well when you, you, you kick off at 12.30 on a Saturday? It angers me. Absolutely angers me. But I think we've won against Aston Villa. But apart from that, fucking hell, we're diabolical, bruv. So, uh, a 1-1 draw uh, against Newcastle United. 
Um, talk us through that. Talk us through the lineup, through the performance. Yeah. There's so many there's so many factors that I just want to get into, but I'll start with the lineup. Lineup we went with four two three one. We threw the kitchen sink at it, um put um for me at number ten, Joe Armane on the on the flanks and Salah up front. I thought it was very positive from Klopp to do that. But then when you look behind that, that's where the, the problems are lie. Um you play Tiago and Genie in the in the two man midfield with Fabinho at the back. Um I saw a stat today, um in twenty twenty one. Fabinho has played uh, seven games at centre-back, not 1-1. One, one. Um, in midfield, he's played uh, six, six games, six games, and we've won four, drawn one, and lost one. So why Klopp could persist with Fabinho at centre-back? I do know why, because apparently um, Nat Phillips is out, so we don't trust Ben Davis, but it's getting to the point where it's literally detrimental to our season now. Klopp, I, like, he makes these faces where things go wrong. I'm just thinking, why are you surprised? Why are you honestly surprised that we have no no control in midfield? Um, you make baffling substitutions as well. Um, you take off Thiago for 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 Milner. You took off Jota. Uh, sorry, you took off Mil, um, Jota for Milner. You take off uh, jo, um, Thiago for Jones. Thiago looked quite livid when he was off the bench, uh, on the bench, and rightfully so because he I think he was one of our one of the as crazy as it sounds the better players on the pitch while he was on. But the biggest problem that I have is this front three. And I've said this for a while. Not even not even now that we're just losing um, and drawing games. I've said this even when we're winning. We are absolutely not clinical enough and the chickens have come home to roost. Salah, great goal scorer. We'll get you the goal. But Mane and Firmino, well, they're shocking, shocking in front of us, especially over the last 18 months. Absolutely shocking. Um, it's to the point now where I'm like, these guys, they've been at the club for, what, five years max? Uh, five years plus, I think Firmino's been here longer. It's definitely time to move on, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's enough. Like, I've seen too much of Mane and his lethargic style of football, missing chance, missing great chances that could have killed the game off. And it was it was going to happen. Like, literally in our group chat, we was, it was literally, I think we had a bingo when Callum Wilson is going to score. Luckily, we got life with that VAR and he, and, you know, he, he handled and the goal got called off. But even then, you, that happens, and then there's absolutely no control, no control to the game whatsoever in the last two minutes of the game. Like, abs- I, I was so, so, so angry with the game. Like, Klopp making some bizarre decisions. Fabinho, I just don't want to see my centre back again. Just play Ben Davis, play Reese Williams. Like, I, even though they're not the best, and they maybe not might not be to level. Like, I don't understand this persistence with Fabinho, where it's clearly not working. It's just not working, and. He's even said that um, he wants to play in centre mid when he was in the Champions League. Klopp even made a joke about it and that doing kicky, kicky, kicky. Ah, yes, Firmino loves playing centre mid. And then a couple of games later, you're playing him back at centre back for us to fuck up the game and lose games that have no control. Like, ah, oh, man. So, like, top four's gone, if I'm honest. We're, we're playing Europa League next Do you season. think top four's gone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, over the last two games with Leeds and, um, and uh, Newcastle at home, we could have taken our chances literally in the last nine minutes of the game and thrown it away. I think Chelsea are too far, too somewhat too far gone. I don't even have confidence in us. Oh, I'm playing United next week. Never win there ever. So what's the point? Uh, we're probably going to max get a draw. Then Chelsea will pile on points. Leicester will probably pile on points, and it's over. Like it's it's top four's over. Prepare for the Europa League, and boy, it's, it's this season's been an absolute shit show. Well, all I can really say to that is turn around and die. That's, that's, a, that's a big vibe I'm getting from you there, Julian. Um, no, on, the no. bright, on, on, on the brighter side, Kanate, 
from Leipzig looks like that's all about, but signed, sealed and delivered, right? Um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's nice. You know, um, we've, got, we've got another thing about it. But, you know, like, it does, like, honestly, at this You're point... miserable, man. <laughs> I'm miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Join the club, man. Join the club. It's, it's like, what does it do? For, like, what is it... Like, Mad, um, Van Dijk and maybe Matic and Gomez will be back by the time he comes. What does it do for us? Like, yeah, we get on, to be honest, I'm happy that he's signing. I might sound miserable, you know. I'm happy that he's signing, but then again, he's another guy from Bundesliga. So, like, what? what, well, you're, what you're taxing like, it, yeah? yeah? Yeah, there's tax already there, man. We've already got one geezer. That's that's from that's from the Bundesliga. Probably yeah, from the same team as well. Like, what's the point, man? The tax is peak. It's peak, bruv, like. What what's that? What's that going to do for our season? It doesn't make me happy though. Uh, we signed him. I'm happy, but nothing there really. Like, wait, hold on. You've, got, you've gone from three senior centre back to what, like six now? Yeah. Next season, so I guess this doesn't happen again. Yeah, that's definitely no. That's depth. That is depth. You're gonna win. You're gonna win the league <laughs> <laughs> next season. <laughs> You lot told us you did not win it because I've said it back. Tom's making sure that's not the issue next season, boy. Yeah, yeah, no, I think we'll be back next season, but honestly, like at this point, it feels so it feels like a smack in the face, especially from FSG when we asked for this in on January first. We asked, yo, we need a centre back. What does he give us? He gives us Kabak on loan and and Ben Davis, who does he he still hasn't started the game four four months into the year, coming to the fifth. Like it's been a smack in the face. On it, it feels like a smack in the face. Like I'm happy you signed. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't do anything for me right now. To be honest, fair enough. I think you'll you'll appreciate it at the start of next season when you know if if you do get an injury in that department, you're not suddenly you know having to call on players who are way way out of their depth. Um, yeah. You mentioned the game against Leeds. We may as well touch on that um, as well. That that did come out when when the European Super League news was at its peak. Uh, you had your fans chasing the bus. Bit bit crazy there. Not sure yeah. what they were trying to achieve. The players didn't make the decision. Um, what was that performance? Because I, because I think as much as fans were like, oh, yeah, we don't want to get into Super League, um, the players were rattled and their heads were already turned. And that yeah. had an impact on your performance and also um, Chelsea's performance. So, yeah, the, the game against Leeds, um, I, I didn't catch that one either, unfortunately. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that that performance and and... Had you already kind of thought, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess. Uh, yeah, man, I was on the Discord live for that one. Um, we, I think we started off well, um, but again, the same things happened in uh, the Leeds game that happened in Newcastle game. We had chances after chances after chances. Um, we got the goal, and then we were just hanging on for dear life, especially in the last fifteen minutes. We was getting absolutely pammed, absolutely pammed. Like it's to the point now where if you put enough pressure on us, especially with uh, the way our team is set up now. You know you're gonna get you're gonna get something, and it just looked it literally looked like Bamford had a good great chance that hit the post, but it literally looked like the inevitable was gonna happen. Um, someone was gonna score, and that's definitely what it felt like in the last 15 minutes. And again, maybe their heads were rattled, maybe not. Um, I still think, to be honest, these performances have happened way too many times for me to feel like the Europe the European Super League um, was um, on their minds because they've been like this literally all season. I'm um, sorry, all of 2021. Um, so yeah, it was literally more of the same. Like we just, we're just, we're just not a very, we're just not a very solid side at the moment. And we're up front as well. We're not, we're not clinical. Uh, we're not getting goals as much as we should be. 
and yeah, it's, just, it's really just depressing to watch, to watch at times, to be honest. Yeah, I was I was going to mention, we, we talk about your defence and you guys have made like a, a big deal about that. But 55 goals and 33 league games, that's that's pretty that's pretty poor for a team of your level, surely. Style. Yeah, style, man. Style. It, it, plays, it plays a big part in what, why this season has gone wrong. Uh, even though there were, when we did have a full defence, we, we conceded seven to Aston Villa, um, which was pretty bad. But I kind of chalked that off as it happens. And norm, norm, I feel like that at the time it was definitely an anomaly. But with the with Klopp chopping and changing our centre backs and our, our defensive partnerships, I'm not surprised at this point. Um, you're playing midfielders in in <laughs> at centre back as good as Fabinho is defensively. What do you expect? Like it pisses me off when I see his face do that stupid like confused face. Like what's going on? Well, what do you think is going on? You're playing a centre back, a centre mid, a centre back. And we're getting panned because there's no control in midfield. So it's what it is, man. Cool. So you you mentioned the top four race, and from in your opinion, you know Liverpool are out of it. But I'm, I'm going to come over to you, Jack, because somehow, despite the season you've had, and somehow, despite the fact Mourinho tried to destroy your club, you're still in the top four race. So uh, Spurs, you're seventh. You've got uh, 53 points, um, 33 games played. Liverpool, you're above them, 54 points, 33 games played. Uh, West Ham, they're in fifth, 55 points, 33 games played. Uh, Chelsea, 58 points, 33 games played. Uh, Leicester, 59 points, 32 games played. Um, who do you guys see finishing in those final uh, two uh, top four spots? I- I'll-, I'll come to you first, Jack. Um, do Spurs still have a chance of finishing in the top four? Nah. Um, we're too far away. We're five points behind Chelsea now, who are they look much more measured under Tuchel. Tuchel. Um, they definitely... I wonder what their run of fixes is. I don't remember. Um, oh, no, no, no. I've, I've got that for you. I'll, I'll, I'll put that on the screen for you. Or instead of putting it on the screen, I'll, I'll read it out for you. So the games that they've got left... A second. They have got a home game against Fulham, an away game against Manchester City, home game against Arsenal, home game against Leicester City, and then their final game is away against Aston Villa. Yeah, um, that's not an easy running. Uh, it depends what happens in the Champions League. How Tuchel can rotate, how Tuchel can manage that. Um, I do like his approach in terms of his him being pragmatic on the ball. I think it works very well for for his side. It's a massive contrast to what Lampard is doing, that's for sure. But um, I think they can get. I think they can still get a good run, regardless of how hard those fixes are. I think they are a better team. They are a much better squad than this season has shown. Um, and and on top of that, I don't think the other. I think Liverpool, Spurs, um, West Ham, even West Ham to a lesser extent, but Liverpool, Spurs, Everton, they've shown awful consistency. Just none whatsoever to show that they can have any kind of run to even challenge Chelsea. So no matter how. Bad Chelsea's one is I always think Liverpool and Spurs will match that in terms of how you know in terms of poorness really to be honest. Yeah, Boy, and, and and Julian, who who do you think was finishing in the top four? Nah, yeah, Chelsea and Leicester. We, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with Jack. We we've shown we've shown our hand. We've shown our we don't we actually don't deserve top four to be honest. I've said it many times. We don't deserve it. Like especially uh, especially coming from these last three games. Um, Chelsea have somewhat somewhat slipped up during midweek with the nil nil. Didn't take advantage of it at home against Newcastle, who are in the who are fine fine um, 
fighting for relic, uh, fighting to stay up. Um, if you can't win that at home, then I don't really see how we're gonna uh, get some form going and get this top four. So yeah, Chelsea and Leicester, to be honest. Fair enough, man. Yeah, you you two look absolutely dejected, man. It's this. I love to see it. Honestly, <laughs> I love to see it, and I wish that my team's success was the reason why you're dejected, but it's not. So I'm probably just a little bit less miserable than the two of you, in all, in all honesty. Um, mm. We haven't got a Chelsea fan on, but we can touch on their game on Saturday. Um, they beat West Ham 1-0 and a big, big, big result for them. Uh, and I think like you guys have said, that's pretty much still top four for them, barring any sort of capitulation. Uh, Leicester have got Crystal Palace tomorrow. Um, you're, you're expecting them to do the deed at home. Um, and that I think pretty much seals it. So with four or five games left, um, you guys, I guess, are, are playing for a bit of extra money in no European Super League money coming in. So those extra couple mils per league position make all the difference, right? If we spend it, maybe. Or are you not confident? Didn't you see John Henry's video? Oh no, yeah, man, he was reading off the content like that. But yeah, well, it is what it is. To be honest, I personally think we're going to spend a bit of money this summer. Um, we've been hoarding money. What areas, what areas do you think you're going to be looking to improve in? Um, I've seen some reports from James Pierce who made it clear that Liverpool are definitely looking to improve up front. Um, I would hope that we get someone clinical. We need another, another number nine, like bad. Um, Salah, he's, a, he's definitely a goal scorer, but games like Newcastle and a couple of other games this season where he's had chances to put on the play and nothing, nothing has come of it, even though he's probably got the one goal in the game. Maybe could have killed it. Um, we definitely need another DM. Um, uh, Genie can. Ah, uh, he needs to dip. Uh, he makes me sick. It's like I, I can't wait for him to go. Isn't he a Liverpool great? Yeah, he is. But um, little, the, the, you know, when you reach the end of the road, you reach the end of the road. And I definitely feel like with the way Klopp has used him, utilized him too. I think too much, and in time, and in in positions where you know. And games where he didn't need to be used, where we could have got some fresh legs, someone more positive. And for what he brings, sometimes he just he's just a statue. Um, he lets the game pass him by too many times. I don't think it's like I don't think there's a lot of a lot of fight from fans to kind of keep him here. And I don't know why we would keep him here. I, I would honestly rather ask upgrade, get a DM, maybe going for Basuma. Um, apparently there's some reports going from them. Um, we're going to drop about forty-five million on him apparently. But yeah, man, a DM. And number nine is absolutely crucial for us this this summer. Yeah, I I, I can't disagree with you. Um, I, have you got eyes on Holland? Maybe, or is that is that outside of your price range? <laughs> no, we're not getting him. Um, we're not gonna. We, we like, yeah, for what he's demanding from wages, I doubt, highly doubt, we'll get him. I would love him at the club, but we, we won't get him. To be honest. Fair enough, and I I guess we'll we'll leave it there. A short pod this week. Uh, with the less uh, club representation as usual, the Arsenal boys have ducked out. Oh, that, yeah. oh. Hey, hey, that game was fucking hilarious, bro. You know what? Yeah, after about 20 minutes, I was like, then A, they're not winning, but I don't know, at B, they are gonna somehow find a way to lose, and they lost in the most typical. Arsenal way possible, right? Your keeper turns it in from a, 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 a cross across the face of goal. Um, and, and we have got five games left and they're still in 10th. I don't they understand. Are... Jack got touched 
and regardless, those steps here were so stiff here. Like, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm, not like that. I'm like, bro, like, oh mate, the ISO on on Jacko was so fucking hilarious. That like. right. yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand how Arsenal fans, Arsenal, Arsenal fans, there's still a split in the fan base with Arteta. There shouldn't be a split. It, yeah, he's, he's honestly, manager. He's not getting the best out of the young players. He's not getting the best out of the senior players. Um, yeah, that first half, I personally thought they were getting panned. Um, I was told by 17 Arsenal fans um, that quote tweeted me that I was wrong and I was watching the wrong game. But I personally just kept, every time I kept looking up, I just saw them getting just fiss up and. Think so maybe I'm wrong, but then hey, you, you, you saw you, you saw it. They didn't. That's that's what we put that down to. You know, yeah. you were able to you know take away the emotion and just watch purely as a observer of the sport. And, and you saw that. Listen, this wasn't gonna go go go. Um, this wasn't gonna go well for them. And you were right. You were right. I, I watched the same game and I had the same takeaways at halftime as you did, Julian. They just had nothing going for them. Little Eddie and Ketty up top. Okay, Marlo. Um, all right. Okay, cool. Didn't really do much. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you. Arteta, um, even if he was to win the Europa League, I, I don't see why they keep him, why he stays. They talk about how bad Emery was, but when you pull the stats side by side, he, he's doing much worse than Emery did um, with arguably a better team at, at his disposal. More talented players, what he's decided to do with some of those talented players um, is questionable. Um, I, I'm with you. So, yeah, we're looking across at all, all the top, all the top, Clubs, uh, I guess Chelsea guys are happy, um, Manchester City guys are happy, but everybody else is just a bit, ugh. yeah, just a bunch of miserable men, in all honesty. So, yeah, skip to, I, I skip to next season, man. Just skip, yeah, yeah. You don't for manager when you go on holiday. I want to come back to the European Super League. Honestly, I'm not here for any, it's not happening, but let it go, man. It's not, listen, listen. I'm cool. Like, I've, I've accepted it. That's you lot's detriment. Did you enjoy this weekend's football? No. Yeah, I won the Super League. <laughs> I won the Super League. The Super League, yeah. The Super League money, you lot would have had better players on show. And with those better players on show, they would have done a better, better spectacle for the fan. Instead, what you got, the re- result of the weekend is Burnley beating Wolves 4-0. How yeah. about that, eh? Yeah, you know what? Like, get, going away from like my thoughts on this Super League, so when I look at some of these Premier League games, yeah, I, I, I when Perez was like, oh, kids, like, kids don't want to watch football anymore, I understand because fucking hell, like the football was this this weekend was absolutely shit. Like some of the games, like oh my god, like I hear some points, but man, Burnley, Chelsea versus Chelsea was Brighton, oh god, and the Champions League games as well. They're they're mint. They are. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god. Liverpool versus Real. To be fair, I enjoyed the first leg of that, so I'm not going to go in on that one. And PSG versus Bayern was an entertaining watch as well. But um, listen, I don't think the last has been heard of, of the Super League. It's Florentino Perez, man. He's a, he's a schemer, um, if, if anything. And Real Madrid are in the absolute mud. So he is not going to take this line down. He will bring different proposals and he will find a way to get the footballing world on his side. And from, we'll take it from there. So I, I, I just wait now. I just wait. Uh, and and when the day comes, we'll all enjoy. We'll, we'll, we'll hop on a pod and we'll celebrate together. That's if we're still. That's if we're still in it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably be the first thing. Get get Spurs out. That's probably the first <laughs> thing the majority of people want to see for it to work. What the hell is Tottenham Hotspur doing in there? But um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that. And other than that, listeners, keep it locked. 
Um, they plan their promises to be more twists and turns between now and the end of the season. Um, nice one, boys. Take care. Podcast Network.